You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. We need any cash out of your home in a simple way to get it. Rocket can. Brady Papinga, longtime former NFL player, Green Bay Packer, Super Bowl champion, NFL analyst, fluent in Spanish, has called the Super Bowl in Spanish. Our friend joins me right now on the program. Hello, Mr. Papinga. Hey, Billy. Long time no talk. Good to, you too, buddy. Your voice, you good? Man. Good to hear your voice, pal. Great. Um, good, good. Yeah, you sound. Great. I love the energy. I love the positivity you bring. By the way, life's short. I, you know, you gotta, you gotta yeah. enjoy these moments if you can. A little harder for, for Aaron Rodgers in the Packers right now. That's a tra- that's my little transition. Now, I'm really interested in your perspective because you play for the Packers. You're actually friends with Aaron Rodgers. You know the guy. He does not sound particularly happy these days. He does not look particularly happy these days. He obviously did not play well in this past game with all those turnovers. Take it wherever you want, Brady. What is your sense and your read on, on Aaron Rodgers and, and the season he's having right now? Well, I mean, it's a, it's how he gets. This is his competitive demeanor. I mean, when he's not winning and things aren't going as he likes them to go because for the most part in his competitive life, he's been able to dictate kind of not dictate outcomes, but he's been able to win a lot and uh, have success and whatever visions of, you know, grandeur of accomplishments that he's had, he's been able to live them except this year. And maybe, you know, there's been, I'm sure other times throughout his competitive life that that's happened, but he'll put himself into this position where he gets Andre, he has high expectations. And then, you know, he's not afraid to, express that and so i mean he should be they're not playing well and they should be playing better i mean this isn't a function of a team that doesn't have enough talent and enough good players to be really good and you got a future hall of fame quarterback uh you got enough good players around him you have an offensive line with the return of bakhtiari that you know they've They've played well. I'm not saying they've gone out and been, you know, road graders and dominated games, but they've played well enough to where they shouldn't be sitting where they've only won three games. You know, they should have, you know, they should have beat the Giants. There's there's a number of games you can go through where they could easily have won, you know, up until this point, four, five, maybe six games. You know, just you never know how kind of, you know, certain plays then lead to momentum changes and changes in trajectory of confidence, and then that helps you win the game. Uh, but they're not that far off. He knows that. But he also knows time is running out this season to where if you're going to go on a run and, and make some noise, you don't want to do it in the last six weeks of the season where you're you're out of playoff contention. Because if that happens, general uh, uh, general managers, front offices tend to have the vision of, oh, season's lost, let's go into future mode, and you start basically building for the future, which works against him. His future is now because he doesn't have much future left. He knows he's on the back end of his career. Brady, we, Brady Papinga here on the show. We've obviously seen Aaron Rodgers pull some rabbits out of out of hats in the past. Now, this would be a difficult one, but as I look at the schedule, they've got Dallas, they've got Tennessee on a short week. Now, that game, I think, is at Lambeau, which is a big advantage, but the Titans are a good football team. They go to Philly. They go to a Chicago team I can't even believe I think maybe is sort of a challenge, but they've looked better. They play the Rams. They go to the Dolphins. I mean, and then it's Minnesota-Detroit. But my point is not not an easy stretch of football games, what is your confidence level that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers can win enough football games going forward that they are in a playoff contention situation toward the end of the regular season? Well, I mean, the Buffalo game 
I thought was a turning point in their season, the the second half. You know, I I, I really was impressed with how well they played, how resilient they were, because that's one of those games to where in the first half they're starting to you're starting to get this vibe to where it's like, oh, we can't stop them offensively. Defensively, they're just continuing, you know, just stifling us. It's it's a lopsided affair. Oh, it's real easy at that point to just kind of lay down and, and just take it and, and get blown out by three, four touchdowns. They actually fought back and they proved that they can play with and beat a team of the caliber of the Bills, which those teams you mentioned, they're up at the upper echelon of the, uh, of the NFL teams right now. I mean, those are all playoff contending, most likely playoff qualifying teams. So, uh, can they go on and run the absolutely They're capable. Um, it's just it, it's hard at this point because you know football. You got eleven guys that you are completely dependent on on every single game. That everybody has to do their job, do it in the right moment, and sync. And they have to rely on one another. And what happens is when you get into this moment where you're spiraling into these losses guys start to do or attempt to do the job of other guys. I, I, I believe Aaron's in that mode right now. I believe last game, you know, there was a couple – I mean, and these are like you, you hand the ball off and you score a touchdown kind of plays where he decided off to go to the pass and he threw interceptions. You know, it, it, it's, it's those simple kind of plays where it's like, hey, just trust it. Just let your guy slam up in there. He's most likely – I mean, you got Dylan. The dude's got tree trunks for legs. He's most likely going to score. But Aaron, I think, feeling a little pressure, feeling a little uh, kind of like I got to make something happen, decided, hey, I'm going to pull it and throw it, boom, and he throws two interceptions in the red zone, which are just the, the biggest killers of the turnovers if you rate them. And so that right there is the microcosmos happening on all levels of the Packers. You break down their film, there's plays that are just awesome plays to where you're like, if they can stack these, yeah, they can go on a run. But that's hard to do because it takes a certain level of just letting go trusting and relying and depending on one another so much that even if you fail, you got to just be good with it. And Aaron's not going to be, you know, a lot of guys aren't good with that. And so that's where they're at. So my, my answer to your question is simply, it's not very likely they're going to go on a run. It's really not because they're, they're so thick into this. It's almost habitual to where everybody's trying to do too much because they're getting to this point to where they got to go on a run. But they have to, they, they're capable. That's, I, I, they can do it. I'm not saying they can't. I, it's just not very likely. Former Green Bay Packer Brady Papinga, who once let me hold his Super Bowl ring, even though I'm a Bears fan, uh, here on the show. Uh, Brady, last Packers question for you, then I want to hit some other things. Over the last few years, as everybody in media, myself included, have contemplated and wondered about, about Aaron Rodgers' future, you have been pretty spot on in, in predicting what maybe he was thinking. I know it's all guesswork, but you obviously know the guy and you play the game. What's your level of confidence that, that he's going to be Aaron Rodgers, the, the quarterback in Green Bay next season? Oh, man. That's, well, I do know this. I do know that, A, he wants to finish his career as a Packer. He wants to do something that most of these other – you know, Tom Brady couldn't do it. Or didn't do it. I mean, he probably could have. He just had to take less money to stay with New England and then had to have a little bit more patience to deal with Bill Belichick. You know, Brett Favre couldn't do it. Um, Joe Montana couldn't do it. And so those, those three guys, the reason why I bring those up is those are three guys that have a very uh, large impact on Aaron Rodgers' career trajectory and how he categorizes himself. And he sees those guys, and I think the one thing he looks at is 
I can do something neither three of those all-time great guys could do, which is I can finish my career as a Packer. So having said that, because I do believe the Packers are smart. What I've learned in the last couple of years, I do, the front office is smart. And that is if you have a Hall of Fame quarterback and he's willing to play for the amount of money that you're going to pay him, um, which Aaron is, then you ride that wagon or bus or whatever, you ride that guy until the wheels completely fall off to where it's just like done. They're not there yet. So my guess would be, yeah, he'll be back because he wants to be back because he wants to do something special that the other all-time greats that he respects and highly regards haven't done. And then at the same time, the Packers, who also are part of this equation, want him to be the guy until he's just not the guy anymore. Because who's the alternative? They don't have a guy. They're smart. Until you have another guy, there's no reason to turn. And so at least that's that's how I believe and, and I understand the Packers. Believe. I think he's still going to be back there. I think, you know, the only exception I would put to this is if some team, uh, they'd probably have to be the 49ers just came to the Packers and said, okay, you can take our next three, even though the 49ers don't have any draft picks, that would be tough. But let's say they're able to somehow acquire draft picks. I don't know how they do it, but let's say they did. And they came to the Packers and said, look, you can take our, take our next three drafts into the future, plus Nick Bosa, and we'll take Aaron Rodgers. That's probably a scenario where the, the Packers would be like, okay, we'll do that. Uh, but outside of that, I, I anticipate him being back in Green Bay. And I anticipate him wanting to finish on a high note, meaning he's contending for a championship, which means he qualifies for the playoffs, gets into the playoffs. And so I, I don't see this. This is not the beginning of, like, this is not the end right here. It is the beginning of the end. I was going to say not the beginning of the end. It is the beginning of the end because he's ending his, you know, he's on the last part of his career. But I don't see this as his last year. Brady, what do you make of the Colts hiring Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach in, in Indy? That is an outside-of-the-box hire. Oh, my God. You know what it seems like to me? And this is what it seemed like since the – they basically signed Carson Wentz. That didn't work out. Then oh, let's get Matt Ryan. Oh, that didn't work out. Let's bench him. Let's go with this guy. They're kind of shooting at the hip there. Ursay is leading. So Ursay, their owner, I I believe from the outside looking in, is intervening way too much into football operations. And here's the problem, okay? I, and maybe if you're a, a you know Heisman savant, I'm gonna tell you what, what my experience with this is. Uh, you'll know who Ty Deppner is. Do you know who Ty Deppner is? They're Bill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Okay, Ty Deppner won the Heisman in 1990. He went to my alma mater, BYU. I idolized him growing up, not because I wanted to be a quarterback, just because he was one of the greatest players to play at BYU. One of the great offensive minds. You know, he went and played with the Packers for a number of years, the Eagles, and he started for the Eagles. Point is, is that when he was with the Packers, a lot of times he would run the offensive meetings. Point is, everybody thought, this guy's going to be an amazing coach someday. Even myself. Uh, fast forward to a couple years ago, he gets hired as an offensive coordinator for BYU, and I'm thinking this is unbelievable. This is this is a, a home run hire. And then my younger brother, who's into coaching, goes, Brady, you have no idea what he's going to have to manage. He's going to have to manage the offensive line, the receivers. He's going to have to coordinate it all together. Hence the name, offensive coordinator. He's going to have to he's going to have to put everything together. And I'm like, oh, that's a good point. Oh well, let's see how he does. He was terrible, horrendous. Like, terrible. They fired him, right? I don't see I, – I, unless you have some background in coaching, I, I just don't know how you can just step in to an NFL team and just say, hey, I'm the coach, here we go. 
that's not that principally to me makes zero sense. I mean, just think of any trade bill. It's not like you could get some Joe Schmo. Although the guys listening think they could do this, they couldn't walk into your seat and host a show. You got the producer probably talking in your ear right now while you're trying to get a thought together, saying, "Tell this Brady Papinga got to shut up because we got to hit a hard break in two minutes." I don't know. I'm just kidding. But the point is, is like you just can't like without an experience to step into these roles that require an immense amount of expertise and expect them to succeed. I think, you know, I think. Bless Jeff Hart, uh, Saturday's heart. I mean, he's going to go in there. He's going to do his best, but he is for surely not set up to, to succeed. He, he, I mean, this looks like a, an experiment, and it just principally doesn't make sense. I hope it works. I really do. I hope there's just this natural innate ability to get in there and organize everybody and you know have all your, your full staff, players, coaches, buy into what you're selling, and they just take off and they do well. I hope that happens. Um, but I just – don't see it. It doesn't make any sense that it would happen. That was such a great answer. Brady being on the show. Brady, last one for you. Uh, do you, since you're on the West Coast, you're a West Coast guy, do you feel a level of confidence that the Pac-12, that the West Coast, is going to have a chance to be represented in the college football playoff, presumably by Oregon? But, you know, it's been a chaotic year. Who knows how things end? I mean, it should be Oregon, but I would say no. And it's just because there is a huge bias in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, you heard, you know, Kirby Smart when they faced Oregon this year. Oh, we just got so much better players than Oregon does. It's like, no, Oregon made a cross-country trip from Oregon all the way down to Georgia, okay? That's not only three hours, but it's one of the longest flights. NFL teams have difficult times making that trek, okay? Point is, there's this immense amount of bias with the SEC, that the people pulling the strings know that. There's a bunch of money involved. So when you got bias and money, things don't tend to work out your way. So I don't see a team out of the Pac-12 going into the playoff. I imagine they're going to go for Georgia, Tennessee, and probably like a three-loss Alabama just because it's Alabama. And then, you know, they'll pick somebody else from the Big Ten. Ohio State, obviously, probably would be the one that, that pops out. But uh, there's too much bias, too much money right now. That's why we got to expand this playoff create greater access, and let's let people play on neutral fields to where everybody has to travel, just like a regular playoff. NFL does it. Hell, you got even, you know, what all those leagues in Europe, they do it. There's a reason. Yeah, it's called legitimate competition. Right now, the college football world does not have that. Brady, Papinga, breaking it down. Take that, D-Cell. D-Cell just booed you. Whenever you get booed by D-Cell, I do a lot, Brady. You know you're on the right side of the topic. I'm telling you, that's when you know you yeah. are correct. All right. This guy, he wants a one-team playoff. Uh, Brady Pinga, you're a good man, buddy. Appreciate you being on the show. I know it's a busy time. Great to hear your voice. Thank you, as always. My pleasure, Billy. Good luck to you, buddy. Hey, buddy. Love your stuff, man. You too, brother. Brady is the best, man. At Brady Pinga on the old Twitter machine. Long-time Packer, linebacker, great guy. Diesel, sometime we'll have him on. He used to tell stories. We, we hosted radio together. He's been a friend for years about just living in Green Bay and how much he – because my, my family lived in Green Bay for a while, and I'm from Dubuque, Iowa, which is like right on the border of Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa. And he just – I love them because Green Bay is not a big town, and he would just – you know, the Packers just out and about, right? They'd just be out doing their thing. He's such a great dude. I called you out, though, for booing him. You booed him. Yeah, I was a little nervous when I uh, picked up the phone to say goodbye to him. I thought maybe he would uh, have some, some heated words for me, but no. Still, still I got a two gentle billies. giant. Yeah, two. I got two billies. Oh, yeah. I, I caught Billy. both of them. 
He's one of the only people who call me Billy, and I really like it. Like, I, I he's he's such a great guy. Um, we've got buy or sell. It's pretty exciting. As somebody on Twitter just tweeted at us, we're cooking with peanut oil and buy or sell next here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Thank you for being here. I'm in Florida. Diesel is in beautiful New York City, as is Andrew Bogish. Which of you will be more likely to retire to Florida? Which of you are the retired to Florida guys? You, Diesel? I think so. I'm a big fan of South Florida. Been there quite a bit. Like to vacation there. I could see myself doing it. All right. I like it. Yeah, I I'm dig it. Strongly against humidity, hurricanes. So, not that's not my that's not where I'm headed. We've got both today. It's very humid down here, and apparently there's a tropical storm heading right for me. Yeah, Nicole. She's so beautiful. Tropical storm, Nicole. Uh, second time I've flown down here into a into a little hurricane thing. Let's. You guys excited? I'm excited. Diesel told me bogish. That this is the highlight of his day. I don't want to delay it any longer. It is D cells buy or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. Can I just try out a new nickname for Jim Ursay? Are you guys? It's beta testing, it's early. Yeah, but you can judge uh, by the faces we just gave you. Yes, yes, we're ready. Neither of you looks excited. Jim Irksome. Sell. Yeah. There's something there. There's something there. It needs a little bit of tweaking. I think maybe by the end of this week, you'll have it. Jim won't work, say. I like that better. How about Jim, it won't work or say. Sell. (laughs) You nude. (laughs) Ha ha. <laughs> All right, Bill, let's, let's start it off where we always do in the NFL. Before the season, the Raiders declined former first-round pick and safety Jonathan Abrams' fifth-year option, and now they've released him. Abrams was the 27th overall pick back in 2019. Get this, Bill. The Raiders had six first-round picks from 2019 to 2021. Only Cleveland Farrell and Josh Jacobs are still with the team, and they, too, had both their fifth-year options declined as well. Buy or sell that the Raiders are in the worst position right now of any team in the NFL. Wow, that's a great question. We saw the Saints play in primetime uh, this week. They're not in a great position as well. Yeah, Saints are on the... I'm going to buy. And Andrew, do you, you want to push me? In part because I'm not sure their head coach can coach... But we don't know because they don't have any talent on the roster. Yeah, and isn't that always the problem? I mean, coaches are always better because of who they've got to actually implement their plan. So, yeah, it's hard to judge a guy when I'm not playing with an empty deck, but it you, would need, be hard. you need actual players. It would be players. hard, as I mentioned, for McDaniel's draft class to be any worse than John Gruden. Yeah. I mean, I think the the thing that bothers me about McDaniel's the most now is the the blown leads, three seventeen point leads that they have lost those games. Right. But you could spin it and say they're good enough to get seventeen point leads. Right, right. But like, I guess my point is, there are clearly talent issues. But there's, to use your point, they're good enough to get up 
it's like it should more his job to teach yes. them how to get them to the finish line. Well, that to me is on him. All right. I'm, thinking of I'm trying to think of McDaniel's one. I, I don't have anything. McDonald's. <gasps> Bye. Bye. Yes. I love McDonald's. I like it because the face you had to make in saying that. I was nervous. You access a part of the brain you otherwise wouldn't use to come up with these things. It, it agreed. I'm, right? It's kind of. It's not. Somebody should study. Someone out there who does brain studies should study how our brains flare up when we think of these things. Different part of the cerebral something. All right. Last hour we talked about how no. Jeff Saturday taking over as interim head coach of the Colts, but their former head man Frank Wright still wants to get back into coaching again. Wright told Fox 59 and Indy, "Quote." Obviously, my desire is to be a head coach. I love the game. I love everything about the game. So you keep all of your options open. End quote. By yourself, Frank Reich being an NFL head coach again. I love this question too. Do we we didn't talk about this because I was thinking about this when I was when I was not on the on the air yesterday. On the face of it, he failed. But really, Andrew Luck's departure was brutal. It's the front office that brought in this rotating cast of failed quarterbacks. Now, Reich obviously signed off on Carson Wentz with their history, but still. that He had them relatively competitive, and I think that what we've seen, and Bogus, you, I think you said this earlier, over the last 24 hours just underscores and reinforces and confirms how much Jim uh, Ursay, I couldn't do it, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> go there, how much he meddles, all of which is to say it, it might have been the organization that was the problem and not Frank Reich. I, yes, I buy. I think buy. to me, it's the, like he should take a year. He should take a year and do something else. Go on TV, study the game, whatever. Give give it a little bit of time. But I think he will and should get a job again. I think he's got to run somebody else's offense again. First? Yeah. I'm not sure he gets a Unless people really have sympathy and go, man, Irksay screwed him. Um, Irksome? Yeah. I feel like he's got to be a coordinator again and then get the promotion again. I mean, and no one's going to operate on sympathy. It's going to be based on do you think this person can, can bring you success? Right. I mean, but there would be some sympathy if people thought he was like half a victim in Indy because right. Ursay's that out of control and these things weren't his fault. But, I mean, to me, he seems very much entrenched in the reasons why they – struggled. I mean, there's no reason, to, there's no defense of his job. I mean, he should have been fired. Yes. So that's got that's going to sting for a while. It seemed like it really went south for him once he so vehemently was on board with bringing in Carson Wentz. It feels like Jim Irksay, or whatever we're calling him now, uh, never forgave him once that see, happened. See, you're saying Irsay, and now you want to say Irksome, right? Like, it really gets in there. <laughs> what about Jim Irsay? It ain't so. Mm, so. no. okay. That's a mouthful. That's too much. A lot. Agreed. I, but this is it. Yeah, you have to workshop it. This is the part of the no artist gets there without having some brush strokes he regrets. This is the creative process. Yeah. Uh, Tom does not like creativity or processes. No, it's, I know. This is not his. Over two. All right. Lisa, you're in a great mood today. Who's in a better. Buy that you're in a better mood than I am. Bye. Wow. It's been high energy on this show this week. All it's Friday, only Wednesday. All, yeah. Happy Hump Day, by the way. Happy Hump Day to you. Thank See, you. we can be nice to each other. It's possible. Hump Day is so dumb, but I still love it. Happy <laughs> Hump Day. Don't ruin our moment. We were just I'm nice not to each other. I apologize. Yeah, happy Hump Day.
All right, there's been an outcry from NFL players this year to have artificial turf playing fields converted to natural grass fields because of the injury risk. However, according to a recent study, the rate of non-contact injuries to the knee, ankle, and foot are roughly the same on both surfaces. Buy yourself that NFL fields need to be natural grass. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Don't, Don't throw that science in my face. Don't throw that study in my face. Turf's terrible. It is awful. Players seem to really hate it. We had a huge, and I think they still do have a huge turf field for students at the University of Missouri that I constantly would get hurt on. Constantly. Because like athletes, we were high-precision specimens playing two-on-two, two-hand-touch football. But even before the injuries, if anyone's been on it recently... You leave it with a bazillion rubber pellets in your shoes. <laughs> it's the biggest in, nuisance in ever. Hair, Spoken like everywhere. a true dad. Get it out. How is that the solution? Rubber pellets in all of your clothes and body parts. Get out of here. Gosh, I love this. Yeah. That was a dad answer. And it was amazing. Yeah, in my car, in our mm. garage, taking yep. cleats off. They're going everywhere. It'll end up in your bed. You'll like wake up and like who had who ate in bed. Like oh no, it's the rubber pellets. Mm. And somehow, like spores attach themselves to me and then deposited themselves in the bed. Now I can't sleep. Or say it ain't so, Jim. Oh, or say it man. ain't so. Bye. Thank you. All right, it's good. Patrick Mahomes has passed both Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen as the time current. Time out. I need. I need a transition. Uh, I don't have one. <laughs> I don't have one for you there. Uh, has po- has passed okay. both Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen as the current betting favorite to win NFL MVP. Allen, of course, as we know, is dealing with a UCL injury in his throwing elbow, and his status for this week is in question while Jalen Hurts and the Eagles remain undefeated. Buy yourself that as of right now, this moment, Patrick Mahomes is the NFL MVP. He's always the favorite. Bye. Bye. I mean... By or sell, Andrew, that you think we take, we being like the mass sort of sports media fandom world, Patrick Mahomes for granted already. Yeah, it's like we're really good at finding reasons not to vote for guys. He's Mike Trout. To me, he's Mike Trout. Like, he's on a good team, so it's a little different. Yeah. Because baseball, you can be the best player and, and be on a terrible team. That's not really true in football. I, yeah, I'm with you. It, it's... The guy's historically great, and every year it's, oh, this is Lamar Jackson's year. This is Justin Herbert in the Chargers' year. This is, no, man, everything goes through Kansas City in the NFL. And even in this year where he's overcoming Tyreek Hill's exit, like putting an actual hurdle there to overcome people thinking that they are not going to be the same offense, there's actually a built-in reason to not ignore him this year and not downplay his success, and people are still doing it. Love by that answer. Bye. Yes, pretty daddy. I actually want to follow up on something Bogus said there because I think it's really smart. Can we say that that trade, that either one of them struggling was the most overhyped thing that was talked about in the NFL? They are both, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, who's over 1,000 yards receiving already, are both having fantastic seasons. It's a great point. I, I, I don't think there was any doubt for me that the Chiefs were going to be outstanding without Tyreek. I do think it's pretty amazing what it says about Hill the way in tandem with Waddle, who was already there, and some of the pieces they brought on the offensive line, and the co- everything, how significant Hill's addition has been to Tua Tungapailoa's growth, confidence, development, performance. Like it, 
is he the only receiver? Because most of the stories are, right, Devontae Adams is a great example. Receivers need their quarterbacks. In this case, in Miami, the quarterback clearly needed the receiver. I think it's been a huge part of the story. All right, let's get to some college football here. Now, last hour, we discussed how the Oregon Ducks have gotten themselves back into the college football playoff conversation, sitting at number six this week. Plus, head coach Dan Lanning shot down rumors that he's interested in the Auburn coaching vacancy. My question to you, Bill, buy or sell that Oregon is a better job than Auburn? Wow. Auburn SEC, easier fertile recruiting ground. Oregon has all the Nike money, easier conference. Brave Pinga just told us that there's a bias against the West Coast. I don't know, actually. Andrew, you guys want to, do you, you want to workshop this? Because I think the my my first answer was going to be Auburn. Or was going to be Oregon. And then I just thinking, you can go there and build something miraculous. If you have a little bit lesser of a program at Auburn, I think you have a better chance of some success once the Man, the college football playoff is good. I don't know. I don't know his full. Answer? I don't know his full background, but he's coming from Georgia. So, like, I don't know where he's from. From so he could be very far away from his comfort zone, which then gives the idea of Auburn or another SEC school maybe a heads up on Oregon. Also, too, if you subs- if you believe that maybe there's finally a weakness at Alabama, and there's a chance for you to start building the program that takes over once Saban retires, that makes Auburn enticing as well. Buy or sell that when the 12-team playoff happens, there will be continuously four or five SEC teams in that playoff. Four sounds correct. Buy! And there may only be, what, two from the Pac-12? Yeah, in a good year, yeah. Yeah, in a good year. Let's get to some hoops here. Now, earlier this week, we discussed the six items the Brooklyn Nets were requiring of Kyrie Irving in order to return back to playing action. And that was in addition to meeting with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Well, that meeting reportedly happened yesterday. And according to that report, it was productive and understanding. Now, remember, Kyrie was suspended for at least, at least five games by the Nets. And he's already missed three and according to Bet Online, the odds are the highest for Kyrie to miss 11 to 20 games at plus 125. Buy or sell that Kyrie Irving will miss between 11 and 20 games. Again, he's already missed three, suspended for at least five. This is, I'm going to buy it. I think, buy. I think everyone wants him to play. I think Adam Silver wants a solution. I think the Nets want a solution. I think LeBron James doesn't want to talk about it. I think everybody. Really, the question becomes, guys, do you think Kyrie Irving will meet the requirements laid down by the Nets, which absolutely have been vetted by, done in consultation with, maybe done at the instruction of the NBA league office? It's not they didn't pull this out of a hat. The NBA Players Association has complained about it. Kyrie's proud. That's where I'm just, Kyrie's got to, he can't pretend. He's got to go in front of the media and say what I did was wrong. He can't pretend, but I just, I don't know how, and this is true of anybody, really. It's not specific to him. I, I just don't know how you know that he actually sees the error in his ways. Like, he can meet this and make that donation and say, say a sentence or two in front of a microphone. But the whole time, and this is where it's specific to him, my, I'm imagining him inside his head going, these dopes, I'm telling them what they want. Let me get back on the basketball court because 
I don't. Kyrie's not changing anytime soon. I so, think he has to be convincing. That's dangerous ground, but I, I, I think the I could be wrong, and you're right about everything you said. I just think the moment has passed for his lip service. I think he's got to look like he. I can't believe we're having this conversation. He's got to look like he believes anti-Semitism is wrong. I mean, give me a break. Well, and, but and that's the thing. Like, we're we're the Nets and the NBA are in the position of be judging him on things that are not necessarily judgeable. Like, are not quantifiable. They're not. There's not a printout that tells you what his true feelings are. Like, they're judging a lot of subjective things in this scenario. And by the way, this could be totally unrelated. Could be a cryptic tweet. Earlier this morning, Kyrie tweeted the. Fingers crossed emoji with the infinity sign. No idea oh. if that's related to his suspension or not. Just putting it out there. Let me ask you this. He had a private conversation with Adam Silver. Adam Silver now knows whether Kyrie's full of it or not. Buy or sell, each of you, that you trust Adam Silver to, in his decision-making, properly judge Kyrie. What I'm asking is buy or sell that Adam Silver will do the right thing if Kyrie Irving said the wrong things in that private meeting. Bye. That bye was from me. I went first there. Yes, I think Adam Silver is aware that he misstepped on this Kyrie Irving situation initially. I have full faith in him that he will get this right if he liked or did not like what he heard from Kyrie Irving yesterday. You buy that bogus? I'm not sure. Well, I think my hesitation is is just based on what he's actually allowed to do here. Like, what's the on, how far can he go? He can't. Can he not let him ever play in the NBA again over this? Like that. That's the thing. Like he might want to drop the hammer, but is he allowed to drop the hammer based on what a, we're dealing with here? A good commissioner manages his owners as well, right? Like, like doesn't do this without having a plan with Josiah. You know, is one of the so it's a great. I, yeah, I don't know. Was it Shams who I should have looked at this yesterday? Was it Shams who broke? So if Shams the one that reporting that a constructive meeting, that's coming from Kyrie's camp. Like Shams is really good at his job, but he carries water for Kyrie. I mean, he does. That's the story. We've said that for years, for a year before this. So I don't even know if the meeting went well because I need to hear it from Adrian Wojnarowski or Howard Beck or someone who's really connected with the league office. If it was a disaster of a meeting, if he did not like that he being Commissioner Silver did not like what Kyrie Irving was saying, do you think we would have heard about it by now? I don't know. I think, to, to each of your point, I, I think Adam Silver has mishandled this, and I think he's going to be really careful with the information he, he releases. Because if it didn't go well, that puts him in much more dangerous territory. I think Adam Silver wanted to show up at that meeting, have Kyrie Irving legitimately say, I am sorry, I was wrong, I've done some research, I screwed up, my bad man. I, I, that's what Adam Silver needs. If that's not what he got... Adam Silver's got some difficult some difficult things to figure out. All right, real quickly, I'm going to jam in this last one here. Very short. Yesterday, California voters overwhelmingly rejected legalized sports betting. My oh. question to you, Bill, buy or sell that one day sports betting will be legalized throughout the United States. I'm so disappointed in California. It actually makes me mad. Uh, buy. I think it's coming. Buy. Let me do a quick one for you guys. Soccer! Uh, yesterday... Barcelona became the only team in La Liga history to be down a goal or more, to be down and go a man down and come back and win. Buy or sell, this is Barcelona turning everything around. Buy. Buy. Yeah! Soccer! Diesel, you it know was... more about the game than we do, so why don't, why don't you answer this? Oh, oh, I'm, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to stay positive on this one. I'll, I'll buy that. Buy. PK, as you know, retired uh, his last game. He didn't even come on. He got kicked off at halftime for going up to the official 
and saying some amazingly horrible things. I can't even do it in a PG-13 way. Go look it up. It was about the guy's mom and his character. Really? It was. He got sent off from the bench in his Spanish? final game. In Spanish. But they, uh. it's out there. It's out there. This is like where Billy Crystal kicks cream out of his goodbye game in some romantic comedy details never seen. Uh, accurate. Yeah! Accurate on all accounts. We're cooking with peanut oil. Uh, let's talk about baseball's woes after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome back into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Here's a weird question, Diesel. You want a weird question? Sure. Why not? What percentage of Americans do you think today have milked a cow versus those in like 1950? Boy, you were not <laughs> kidding. This is a weird question. Uh, I'm going to go really low on this one. I'm going to go 12%. My family came. There's a family farm. I didn't work on it. My dad did. My granddad did. I don't even know if they had milk cows, but but people in the, in the area did. I, I And I'm sure I have cousins who know how to milk a cow. I don't know if I know anyone who knows how to milk a cow. I mean, I'm from Iowa. I'm sure that I'm sure that I do, but I don't think as many as would have been the case in 1950. I would agree. You, I'm with you, you think on that. Twelve out of a hundred Americans have milked a cow. I don't. I think it's more like half a percent. Half a percent. Yeah, that seems really low. I mean, my twelve percent may be high, but it's got to be more than half a percent. I'm gonna Google it later. I don't know why I thought of this. I don't know why it's in my brain. But I was definitely. I thought, I thought you were at least leading us somewhere. No, no. I was just. It just. Occur, <laughs> it just occurred to me. Is it's this just, is this something you want to try? Like no, you know, I zero like a bucket list kind of thing. No, no interest. Although I do wonder, like, what fresh milk is fresh milk super tasty? Would it taste weird because we're used to refrigerated milk? <laughs> it, it can't be fresh and refrigerated at the same time. That's not a thing. I think by very nature, no, right? Doesn't it have to have – I mean, if it's in the fridge and it's cold, is it therefore not fresh? I don't know, man. Why are you talking about I don't know milk what's happening. And cows. <laughs> what's, what's going on here? Um, another thing that's gone away, sort of like the life skill of milking a cow, is baseball's relevance in America. Have you seen the ratings for this thing? <laughs> You like transitions. <laughs> Even I wouldn't have gone to that one. <laughs> I'm just saying the world changes, man. One day you wake up and you're buying all your milk in a fridge at the store or, you know, in a free in a, in a refrigerated area of the store. And and uh, baseball's having, what, its second lowest World Series of all time or some such thing. And game six, nobody watched. And... I want you to know you just went from milking cows to baseball viewership. Now, do you think yeah. the World Series did better than uh, half a percent? Ooh, that'd be, that'd be a point. Would half a percent be a point? That'd be a point two. Yeah, a little, a little bit, a little bit better. Here's my question, and I'm serious. If you lined up a bunch of 15 year old boys who, like, you know, are supposed to be sports fans, and you said you can either watch an entire baseball game of the World Series, or you can go over to the Iowa State Fair and milk this cow. I think they'd milk the cow just to, like, I don't want to spend baseball. I'm just saying. It's a toss-up for me. You can go either way. I We've talked about this, not the, 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 the milk part, the baseball part. You look so thrown. 
baseball has a real issue. And ignoring it and pretending it's not true and pretending people are watching and pretending that it works, this is the issue with baseball. It's not You can't speed up the game. That's not going to fix it. You can't put runners on second base in extra innings. That's not going to fix it. Pitch counts aren't going to fix it. You have to have parity. You have to have a situation where the owners are willing to spend more money and require everyone to have a floor and have a sport in which every market can, can compete. It doesn't work the way that it's set up now because only a few baseball markets matter. Kansas City and Oakland and Minnesota and Miami and every other market in America has to matter every single year. That's the problem. Otherwise, you're going to go the way of the milk cow expert. The end. (laughs) The end. I don't even know what's happening anymore. I'm just telling you. Some traditions change, Tom. When was there a, a, a milking cow expert? I mean, don't you think you had to be an expert to milk cows back in the day? I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. You're talking to someone who's never milked a cow before, so sure, maybe. I would imagine every person who has milked a cow became an expert in that in that action in order to make sure there was, you know. It's got to be harder than you think, too. I don't like milking my cereal either. Is that weird? I don't know what that has to do with milking a cow, but sure. Well, that's what I was just thinking. What You know, there's so many things that goes with the milk, but not for me the cereal. Nor baseball World Series viewing. T-Cell is thrown. Let's see if he's still, still here tomorrow. We'll find out together. Until then, have a great rest of your day, and thanks for listening to CBS Sports Radio.